Well, welcome back to our next edition of Hello World with Mike Kara, as always, probably broadcasting from a, a Coe, Florida, you know, the general center of Florida area, Orlando area, USA, planet Earth. And uh, today my guest is Chris Howitt, who is a great uh, uh, magician uh, from uh, Dorchester, England. And we're so glad that uh, he could be here today. And Chris has experience in sales, customer service, and management, having worked in the uh, phone industry, banking, uh, retail, and uh, motor parts. And during the lockdown, he's grown his social media and uh, now he is uh, helping out companies by doing some magic. And we're so blessed and honored that Chris could tell us all about his magic. And first of all, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, your career and how you got into uh, magic here? Mike, yeah. So I've always been a fan of magic um, ever since I was a little kid. And when I was a little kid, I had one of those magic sets which a lot of kids have and learned like some tricks and showed them to my parents who were, uh, either impressed or feigned that they were impressed by it. But then I kind of stopped. Um, a lot of magicians kind of carried on and did it in their teens and then do it later on in life. And it was about 11, 12 years ago that we were at a restaurant and they had a magician because it was their one year anniversary and he'd done this magic trick where he had two elastic bands and they passed through each other. And I, my mind was blown. I, I was that kind of person. I needed to know how it was done. So I kind of, studied and looked and searched and searched and searched and found out how it was done and the next day at work I did no work I sat in an office two elastic bands just trying to make them pass through each other unsuccessfully it took me about two weeks to learn to do that um, without any skill or any kind of profession and then about five years ago my wife turned around and said Chris what do you want for your birthday I went I know some magic tricks and we went to a local magic shop. We were there for about three, four hours. The guy behind the counter was showing us all these amazing tricks and effects. And I kind of went out with a couple of bags of goodies. Um, he told me where to kind of go to next to advance my career and kind of look at, you know, again, more into magic. So joining a magic club and stuff like that. And then, yeah, just over three years ago, I started performing. I love it. I love the interaction. I love that moment where you're talking to someone, you do something and their jaws drop and, you're just like, wow. Oh, great, great. Uh, so, I mean, for you then, uh, what were you doing a lot of, you know, person, you mentioned that interaction, you know, that being able to show magic, but I mean, for before magic, were you interacting with a lot of people? I mean, do you bring any of the skills that you had, you know, uh, with what you do in magic or? Yeah, I think to be able to approach a table full of people you don't know, you have to have confidence like you would in sales and customer service. You've got to be able to deal with people. But also you need to kind of build a rapport quickly with people. It's not a case of you're just talking to them and then go, and go away once you're doing a trick. You need to be able to get an instant reaction or instant connection with someone, um, especially when they're paying for you to kind of be there and do it. So years of customer service and sales has kind of taught me how to do that, how to interact, you know, go in with open body language, smile when you approach someone, you know, make sure you're approachable as well because it bounces back. Quite often, if you're, let's say you're at a charity event, they're sat around before the mill, they're all chatting to each other. So you've got a table of 10 people you don't know, all talking to each other and you're just going to interrupt and give them five, 10 minutes of magic halfway through a conversation. So you've got to be able to interact with people quickly. You've got to be able to build that rapport quickly. So yeah, like I said, my background in talking to people, sales, recognizing when people are happy, sad, don't want to be bothered, 
all kind of the experience I think any performer kind of needs in that situation. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, you mentioned now here in the introduction that you're, you're, you're helping out companies and you're, you're, you're doing magic during the, the, you know, during the lockdown. I mean, is that something you could still do on Zoom or other ways or? Yeah, I've done a few Zoom shows. I haven't done a lot on Zoom, but I have done a few Zoom shows and open mic nights and things like that. Um, but primarily, I've done a lot on social media. As you said, at the beginning, I've grown my social media, both Facebook and Instagram. I think I've doubled the followings I've got through Instagram. People have asked me to be featured on the books. They've asked me to, like I said, help out companies. So um, I've done a video for a um, dairy farm. They were just being featured in a local magazine. So I've got a copy of a local magazine. I poured some milk into it. I made the milk disappear. And then I poured the milk back out and drank it. And, you know, that was something for them. So it's a bit of advertising for them. It's advertising for the magazine. So it's just, yeah, wherever I can help people out, I'm happy to do it. It's one of those things where I think sharing what I do and the passion I have for it helps other people. Oh, okay. So it, it says here one thing we didn't mention that you were featured in a, a book of some sort. Can you tell us about that? So again, through Instagram, I was talking, I got a message um, just before Christmas, so November time, I think it was, by a magician. And he was doing this book for charity for Water Aid. And he had 53 other magicians. They all kind of had a page or two page spread where they could write an effect or a story or something which kind of will help the magic community in some way. And he was selling these books. He could either write an ebook or a physical book. And he asked me to be featured on it. And I mean, there's some great top name magicians. Um, Blake Vault for an American magician who is quite famous. He's been on a lot of American TV. So, um, and a lot of other magicians as well. So to be asked to be in something like that was fantastic. I couldn't believe it. Um, I ordered off a copy of the book. I think he raised nearly one and a half thousand dollars for Wall Trade as well through these books. So yeah, to be asked to be part of that was fantastic. Oh, okay. Uh, so, you know, when you started, you know, with uh, magic, I mean, is there certain tricks? I mean, is there certain things they recommend uh, that, that you start with? Or did you just, I mean, do, do uh, whatever it was of interest to you? Or So when I started, it was the Elastic Band trick. So I'm going to show you it. I'm going to show you the trick which got me into magic. Okay? Sure. So the gentleman, he had two Elastic Bands. And I'll right. do it on camera. And you put them like this. So Van can go through his finger or thumb, and obviously he can go through the band itself. But while I was watching, the bands pass straight through each other. Right, right. Okay, and then he did it, the, the, actually the participant, so my wife at the time was holding the elastic band. So it's, she was creating this kind of vortex where it couldn't go through. So it couldn't go through her hand and still can go through the elastic band. But again, just by rubbing it, it passed straight through. Seeing that, and, and again, Zoom, there's certain magic you can do on Zoom. That's not the best Zoom magic because obviously it's hard to see. But if you're holding an elastic band and it passes straight through you in front of you, it's magical. It creates a magical moment. And so that was the first trick. A lot of magicians specialize in either cards or coins or mental listening, so mind reading and stuff like that. My walk around set, I vary it quite a lot. So I, I love mental listening, I love the mind reading aspect. I also really, really like close-up magic, so it happens in someone's hand. So I like to vary what I do. 
Oh, so close-up magic is, you know, one of the things that you enjoy doing. And like I said, that for something like Zoom or something, that that's kind of uh, needed, huh? Yeah, and I mean, like I said, so the Zoom, you need something which is a bit more visual. So right. we'll do, this is a Zoom trick. So there's a memory test more than anything else, okay? So we have a set right. of cards. Uh, we can see there's one, two, three, four, five cards. And you can see what they all look like, yeah? Right. Then on yeah. the back, they've got this quite fun unicorn design. Yeah. But then I would ask you, as a spectator, what did the first card look like? Do you remember what the first card was? <laughs> no, I don't. No, it had a unicorn design. Most people say it was blank, but actually it changes to right. um, one of the states. What about the rest of the cards? Now, most people will say that actually all the cards were blank, weren't they? Yeah. What about the backs? How do the backs look? Uh, unicorn, I think. Yeah, so the whole all the backs have changed to red backs as well. Wow. <laughs> okay. yeah. And again, for me, everything I ever performed on social media, everything I ever performed anywhere online, anything like that, is something I could do in front of someone. So there's a few people who've done camera tricks, and especially with technology as it is at the moment, they've done a lot of things where they can use a computer to hide something they're doing, whereas I like the fact that everything I do if someone met me in person, I could do it right in front of them to their face. Oh, yeah, that, that's uh, great, great there. Uh, so, I mean, uh, we mentioned that, you know, you, you do this uh, for, for certain companies and, and that. And uh, so, I mean, when you do do it for, you know, a company or for one of the, I mean, I don't know if it's like a convention or some sort of workshop or, or how do you usually incorporate into those events? For Zoom side of things, it's more of a case of being asked to do them or I've ran a charity event where I had me and five other magicians for right. an hour and I think it was about an hour and a half long show. Right. Uh, we raised a little bit of money for charity, sold the tickets for it. Um, and the family we raised money for, they got all, uh, all the profits and also free tickets. So they didn't have to pay anything for it. For some companies, like I say, they reach out. I obviously advertise, so I advertise through social media and I advertise through my own um, webpage as well. So companies reach out that way. But for the actual walk around close-up magic, a lot of it's word of mouth. A lot of it is people who the bookings I've taken since in the UK were easy in lockdown. So the bookings I've taken since then are people who have seen me on Facebook or they're Googling local magicians or local entertainers and they come up with me. And I think lockdown's been strange. I know it's been strange everywhere in the world, but for me, it's actually given me time to kind of improve on what I've done. And, you know, I'm working on at the moment how I make magic more magical. So what I mean by that is what I've shown you so far are tricks, okay? They're good tricks, they're visual tricks. But actually, if you were to meet me and sit down and have me perform magic for you, it wouldn't be a trick. It would be a case of uh, emotional, uh, an attaching moment. There'd be a story behind it. There would be something where you actually remember it for a reason. Are you married, Mike? Uh, no, actually not. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, I've, um, last year, me and my wife, we reached the 10-year mark, yeah? Right. And so it's quite a while. So with that, you know, 10 years, obviously with my wedding ring, what it is is obviously it's gone through in my life, all my ups, it's also gone through all my downs as well. So all those bad points, which every couple and every relationship have. But I know because of love and because of the relationship I have with my wife, that there's nothing we can't get through. 
So it's just a way of, like I said, that's the same trick with the elastic band, but done with a ring. It's just a way of how we can make a, a, a magic trick into a magic fed, how we can actually make a connection with people. Now, if that's at a wedding and someone's just got married and you're kind of telling a bit more of a story about you and yourself and your life and, you know, wife together 10 years, they just got married and you can't explain, you know, you will go through your ups and you will go through your downs, but no matter what, because the love you do have and the special day and connection you've made, there's nothing you can't get through. You're connecting with someone. You're connecting with them more on a, oh, look at me, I do a magic trick. Right. Right. Wow. So, uh, Chris, you know, we're, we're talking about Zoom. So, I mean, when you do these Zoom shows, are they mainly in England or the UK or can you do like today we're doing this, you know, anywhere then? Zoom can be done anywhere. And that's a great thing about Zoom. That's the advantage of kind of everyone having to work from home and be home based and everything else. But Zoom can be done anywhere you want it to be done. So anywhere in the world can have a Zoom show. Um, primarily the customers I've dealt with have been mainly UK-based. There's been a few throughout Europe, um, but primarily they've been UK-based. But a couple of my people, uh, friends and stuff who do a lot of magic shows as well, they've done uh, lots to American companies and everything else. So, yeah, anywhere in the world, the great thing about Zoom. Oh, wow. So, I mean, for you, Chris, then, you know, you showed us, you know, great card tricks there. But, I mean, is that kind of your bread and butter? I mean, is that one of the main things you you kind of your go-to sometimes, you're showing a card trick? or Like I said earlier, I mix everything. I love yeah. the ability that, you know, magicians are renowned for doing card tricks. But with the world we live in nowadays, not everyone, especially kind of the younger generation, know that much about cards unless they play poker. When I grew up, my mum would play solitaire all the time, or patience, depending on what you call it. So she would sit there and she would play solitaire in the evenings, keep so entertained. Nowadays, obviously, everyone's on their iPad, iPhone, smartphone, whatever they have, and they're doing that in the evenings. But that's what my mum did when I was growing up. So I kind of grew up with cards. But the younger generation haven't grown up with cards so much. So yes, I do some card tricks, but when you kind of go, well, what card's that? They might not realise it's Queen of Hearts, Ace of Spades, like some of the kind of cards we would normally reckon on. So that's why I like to mix it up. I mean, there's things you can do where I like, you know, the world we live in at the moment isn't kind of how it should be. Is it? It's kind of like sometimes time's just stopped. But then when we're ready, we can let time continue on as normal. I like visual things. I like things which can have an impact. Um, but yeah, some cards, some magic. Some of it might be mind reading, some of it, you know, elastic bands, a little bit of coins, anything really, just as long as I kind of can get a connection with someone. That's the main kind of goal when I perform. Oh, okay. So, I mean, as far as your audiences go, do you, is it mainly adults? Is it kids? I mean, is it, is it groups, uh, different people? or? So, primarily, um, things like weddings, you have a mixture of adults and kids. Um, for Zoom, um, a lot of stuff I've done has been mainly adult, but there have been a couple of kind of family shows on that, which is fine. Um, I primarily do adult shows, but if there's children there, that's not an issue for me. And like I said, the way I see magic moving forward, for me, I'm not really that much of a child's magician. I, I've got child shows, I've prepared and can work them, but I've worked more on kind of working on my kind of adult set. But like I said, the good thing about magic is if you're quite competent at it if you know what you're doing um a lot of magicians won't do card tricks for children now i don't do a card trick for children what i do is i hand them a blank card 
and get them to write their name or draw a picture on them, and then do a card trick with that card. So all of a sudden, it's suddenly they can't remember the eight of clubs if they pull out a random card from the deck because who would? But if you've got a deck of cards and there's one card in there which has got their name on it and they've drawn a little unicorn, and then all of a sudden that card gets pushed into the middle of the deck and it jumps to the top of the deck, all of a sudden for them, that's their card. They push it into the middle of the deck, but how does it get on top? So all of a sudden for them, it's creating a magical moment, but in a different way. So you can still use the kind of tools you have, but make it more child-friendly. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's uh, great, great uh, there. Uh, so, I mean, obviously all of your shows is, you know, family-friendly, no matter whether you do it for, you know, adults or, or kids. And, you know, I mean, you try to, to, to have a, a show that, you know, everyone could enjoy that, huh? I mean, that's the main idea that, you know, you never know who you're going to meet or who you're going to come across. So be able to entertain everyone suits. I mean, I during lockdown, I've written a stage show. Now, the stage show is primarily all about kind of mind reading and influence people and stuff like that. So the stage show, 90 minute stage show would be kind of 14 and over only because a younger person might not understand it or understand what we're doing. So 14 and over, but that's, again, some children are really, really smart at young ages. I wasn't when I was younger. I wish I was, but some children are. And some children, you know, especially nowadays, I think they advance at different levels. So it might be applicable to some, but for me, yeah, I would just say that it was kind of 14 and over just because when you're kind of doing some things, make sure it's applicable to your audience. Oh, so, I mean... You mentioned about close-up magic, but I mean, is there any other bigger tricks? I mean, something, you know, more that's not close-up magic? or Well, for me, I've never been a fan of the stage illusions. The big stage illusions where you kind of, someone comes along, they go in a box, they disappear, and they're replaced by a tiger or a helicopter or, or five beautiful assistants, stuff like that. I like it. I can appreciate the kind of the act and the art of doing it but it's right. not something which ever interested me. I think even when I was younger, some of them I could kind of figure out how they were done even before I knew magic. And so for that reason, like I said, I can appreciate the skill and I know the effort and everything else they pull in, but it's not something I would ever plan on doing. Oh. So, I mean, for you, uh, Chris, I mean, do you have certain tricks? I mean, do you have an actual set list and know what tricks you're going to do? Or sometimes you read the crowd and say, maybe I should try this or switch to that? Or As things sound at the moment, on my walk around, I have a set list of about four effects I use, but then I have additional effects, which I can add in at any point. So if it's a case of some people might not like a car trick or something like that, I can change it and adapt it as need be. For the stage show, it's kind of a set idea of what I'm going to do. Again, with audience participation, they're going to lead sometimes on what you're doing. So you might want to do one thing, but actually an audience member might do something else. So you might get them to pick a card and ask them to put the card back in and they might kind of know, I'm going to keep the card, you tell me what it is. Then all of a sudden you've got to switch what you're doing. So if you do have a difficult audience member, you've got to be able to adapt. Um, but like I said, the way I feel that for me, the magic's moving forward is that rather than the walk around magic, I like the idea of a close table. So let's say, for example, I've got five to eight people around me on a table and then it will be personalized for them and everything will happen which will be it's unique to them so what they experience the next group of people who come along won't experience the same thing because 
you might have a couple in one, but not a couple in the next lot. So you might be able to do some magic which involves a couple, but it's being able to adapt and actually, again, if you're doing any kind of thing where you're trying to pick something from someone's mind or influence someone to do something, it might be easier to influence. You have a group of males, it might be easier to influence them onto one thing than a group of females you can influence onto something else. So you're going to have to be able to adapt. And that's where, for me, I think everything kind of changes is being able to adapt, making things unique and creating an experience like they would never normally have. And that's where going forward, my close-up magic, that's what's going to happen. Oh, wow. So, I mean, when you, you're performing, I mean, does anyone ever actually want to know what say or make a request? But I mean, does sometimes people, you know, or, or the venue, you know, say, hey, remember that trick? You did for somebody else about doing that or yeah you do get that you get um oh, i saw you do something with some elastic bands over there and they really loved it can we see it yes you can do that um what you get more often is oh i saw david blaine on tv and he does he does this thing with um when he's with will smith where he does such and such and such can you do right. that and you're like trying to think which trick was it can you do it and you're either like yes i can do it or that's an amazing trick but how about i show you this and you have to do something equally as good but it depends on what they say because obviously sometimes tv magic is a lot different to actual personal magic so right but you know when they say oh you know when david blaine sews his lips together and all of a sudden he, he cuts them open and pulls a card out can you do that i'm like probably but i'm never going to try to sew my lips together to do it so you know you've got to kind of think what would be your kind of area but i think Again, when you do walk around, sometimes I've been in a situation where someone will follow you to another table to watch you do magic. They want to see, they're trying to see how you've done something. They've enjoyed the, the effect or the trick. They want to see it. They want to see it closer. So you might need to change the way you do it so it's not the same each time. Same result, but different actual effect. Oh, so you're saying maybe, you know, change the, the pr presentation a little, little bit and, you know, what you're you're saying so but essentially it is the same trick that sometimes uh... sometimes the same trick sometimes it's the same ending but completely right. different methods so it might be a case of someone picks a card and it ends up in your mouth but rather than doing it the way you did on that table actually you use a different kind of method so that's obviously we all know magicians use sleight of hand generally so it might be a different way of kind of misleading and moving the cards around without the audience member knowing so they might watch it once and it doesn't happen a lot to me, but they might have done it once for them. And they might be trying to catch where you did it. But then if you do it differently, they couldn't see it. But like I said, fortunately, apart from young kids who like to follow around, or I do, the children, I do quite a lot of spongeable stuff where the balls just keep multiplying their hand, they open their hand, but all of a sudden they've got like four balls in it. Then they open, someone else open their hand, they put five balls in it and they start going everywhere. I'm like, do it, do it. And they would follow me around and just kind of go, make my spongeballs appear, make more spongeballs appear. So sometimes it's more the children. Um, I, in a non-arrogant way, I always find that if you have a member of the audience, and when I first started performing, I had this a couple of times, but someone kind of goes, oh, that's a great trick. Show me how you've done it. You've not made a connection with that person. All you've done is show them the magic trick. So all they're thinking about is that magic trick. So again, that's why we're saying about making magic more magical. It's moving it from someone who can perform a trick, which don't get me wrong, a lot of people pick up a deck of cards with no basic card trick, 
Um, so someone who can perform the tricks is someone who can actually make a moment where someone won't forget it. I think my second gig ever, I was in a restaurant and there was this 12, 13 year old girl and I'd done the last band trick and I was talking to her and I kind of spoke a little, and I was giving her a story about it and how I kind of got into Magic and everything else. And I'd made it past through and she was like, and then I got her to hold the elastic band and she was holding it and I kind of made the elastic band pass straight through and literally her jaw just dropped and her mum just kind of picked up her phone and went, Sure, that's going on Facebook. <laughs> but the, the girl, she just she couldn't, she just couldn't comprehend what was happening. It was such a kind of moment that when it happened to me, my mind went different. My mind went, that's awesome. I want to know how it's done. Her mind just went, it's magic. It's, it's magic. Like, nothing else will happen. I could do, you know, I could show her a card trick afterwards, but all she's thinking about is how did that last band pass through? So it's creating magic um, for someone. It's making a moment where they won't forget what's happened. Okay, uh, Chris. So I want to ask you about, so, I mean, do you ever have a situation where you see a trick on TV or you see like close up magic or, you know, you, you see another magician and say, I want to do that trick. Yeah. Occasionally. Um, again, I think once you've been performing for a while, you know, what will suit your kind of uh, your style. So when you first get into magic, you see something and you buy it. And a lot of magicians have this problem where they have drawers and drawers and drawers of magic they're never going to use. Um, so when you first get into it, yeah, you do. But I think if it suits your style, yeah. And some tricks aren't available for purchase. Some tricks might be someone's own trick. So you can't go out and buy it or anything like that. You, you can ask them to share it with you, but they might not be able to because it might be something they perform and they constantly perform. And they don't want to share it with the magic community because it's their opening trick or it's their go-to trick, it's their signature piece. So you might see something, and if you can't figure it out, might never be able to perform it. Oh, okay. So, uh, Chris, uh, you know, you mentioned about you know increasing your your social uh, media. There, can you tell us now about your social media and you have a website and all that? Yeah, so I can be found on social media at Chris Howard Magic. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok for the youngsters on, on who watch it well. Um, and also my website at Chris Howard Magic. Um, so during the first lockdown, um, the social media for Facebook and Instagram more so, I did, um, end of May, I did 100 videos over 100 days. So just to help people and entertain them during lockdown. During the second lockdown in the UK, which started in January, I offered to do a five-minute magic video for children's birthdays because they couldn't see friends or family and they couldn't go to school, so they just sat at home. So I did a five-minute video for them, just wish them a happy birthday with some personalised magic tricks for them. Um, so, yeah, most of that stuff, uh, YouTube, everything else, all at Chris Howard Magic. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I mean, now the question is, do you have a YouTube channel or have you put anything on YouTube or...? There's a few videos on YouTube. It's only probably about seven or eight videos on YouTube. Um, and they're not the same ones as on my Instagram. So again, YouTube is at Chris Howard Magic. Um, internet, so webpage is at chrishowardmagic.co.uk. Um, so yeah, so anywhere you want to look at Chris Howard Magic, you'll find me doing some magic. So. And one thing uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, Chris, is, you, you know, the outfit, the costume, what you, what you wear. And we've seen a, a few pictures of, uh, you know, what you, what you wear. And you look really sharp there. And uh, 
it seemed very similar to here in America, what, what uh, you magicians wear. So there's like a standard outfit vendor. I don't wear a suit jacket and I don't like, for, for some reason, I've always grown up, I never like long sleeves. So I always right. wear a short sleeve shirt and a waistcoat. Um, right. Waistcoat's handy just because it gives you a couple of extra pockets. So if you wanted to carry a couple of extra kind of props or deck of cards or anything like that, it gives you a couple of extra pockets. And I just think a waistcoat looks a wee bit smarter than just a shirt and tie. Um, but that's just my opinion. So yeah, shirt, tie, waistcoat, that's what I always wear when I perform. Um, I've got a couple of different waistcoats, but generally they're blue. Again, I don't know why. I just bought a blue one and I liked it and I kind of stuck to them. Oh, great. Uh, so, I, I mean, as far as, uh, you know, your presentation, you know, with, like when you know you're going to be performing in front of kids, do you use like colored scarves? Do you make it more colorful? Or again, it's, it's just what, what whatever, you know, you do for everyone. So if it's a children's show and also old people's homes as well, um, it's generally going to be something a little bit more visual. So right. yes, it's going to involve um, either coloured balls, coloured silks, but just because having something which is more bright and colourful will keep them occupied, and especially when kids show when they're running around and getting a little bit crazy, you need to be able to kind of keep them entertained and just keep them kind of looking and paying attention to what you're doing so the parents don't have to. You know, you're not booked for a magic gift for the kids to run around and be crazy. Your book because you're there to entertain them. So if they're running around being crazy, you're doing your job. So yes, it needs to be a little bit more colourful. It needs to be a little bit more interactive as well. It's funny, you know. However you do it, I'm not the funniest person, but you know, come up with a, a silly kind of thing like whenever you do a trick, they all got wave their fingers. So it gets everyone kind of involved all the time as well. So yeah, there's lots of different kind of things and methods you got to do for different audiences. So you're saying to create something that's unique to you, like create a signature or even a catchphrase or something? Yeah, I don't have a catchphrase. Um, signature trick would be the Elastiband trick on Walk Around Close Up. Um, for children's shows, I would say, you know, we need, I would get them shout, you know, we need magical words. What magical words do you want to use? And I go, some will say Abracadabra, right. some might say some other things. And I go, how about we use uh, wibbly wobbly? Every time I say wibbly, you say wobbly and you've got to wave your fingers. So what the magic words? Wibbly, and they go wobbly and wave their fingers. So it gets them all involved, it gets them vocal, gets them moving a little bit. And when you bring people up on stage, they can, they remember wibbly wobbly is not hard to remember. So it's just, Again, the children shows, different from adult shows. If you had a group of 20 men in front of you on a stag night and they've had a few beers, the last thing they want to do is wave their fingers and chat with wobbly. Right, right. So, you know, you have to adapt to your audience. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, Chris. Uh, so before we go here, now as far as, uh, you know, your videos, uh, you mentioned there's, you know, a few YouTube uh, videos by me. Is there anything like, that the, the public could see you performing for like a full show or parts of shows or? So on YouTube, there's free videos of a part of a private close-up show I've done. I did for a couple um, last right. year, just before lockdown. That's also, I did a 10 minute video, um, just me talking to the camera for a Christmas show. Now with the Christmas show, it's quite a strange thing. It's quite strange when you record stuff for YouTube or Instagram or Facebook or any social media where it's you talking to the camera. Because sometimes you might do a card trick. Like, you guys need to remember this card. I'm generally not looking. And then you've got to watch the video back to make sure you did pick the right card. <laughs> so it's quite strange when you're talking to yourself 
hoping that people are a going to listen or anything like that but there are a couple of shows on there um on my youtube and like i said on instagram there's lots of me talking to the camera one so i think there's about 150 200 videos on instagram and facebook me talking to the camera about a minute long tricks and now as far as you know doing shows so I know it's different here in, in Florida, but I mean, are you still on the, the lockdown or you, can you do shows or? So we're slowly lifting out lockdown in the UK. So I've got a couple of shows booked at the end of next month where they're private garden parties and a wedding. So I can go and be socially distanced outside in small groups and do it. Middle of June, we should be coming out of lockdown and then we'll be able to actually go out and interact with people as normal and that's when all the inquiries are to come in because people all of a sudden want they haven't met their family and friends for a long time properly so they want to have this party this get together and this is where all of a sudden this year for entertainment in the uk is going to go probably a little bit crazy because people want a they want to catch up with people but they want to have a great time but they haven't been able to have the same interactions you know don't get me wrong we've all met family members during lockdown you know abiding by the rules and everything else but it's not the same when there's six of you as opposed to if you've got a big family of like 20 odd people, the maximum of six people have met each time. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I think, so. unfortunately, I think some people will go a little bit OTT because they haven't been able to go out. And, you know, again, I don't know what it's like in America, but when the pubs open here, you can see them going crazy. But, you know, they're meant to be social distance, but they've literally got table next to table next to table next to table. Just because A, people want to go in, and obviously I understand the businesses have been affected and they haven't made the money, but, you know, we're trying to make sure that COVID doesn't carry on and spread. Okay, uh, Chris, we were, again really appreciate your time. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to show us or anything else you'd like to mention here? Um, just trying to think what we can show you. I'll tell you what, let's try one more thing with you, okay, Mike? Okay. So, what say? So, this is just, and I'll keep this in view as much as I can, just a deck of cards. There's nothing special about them. I'm going to give them a shuffle just so they're all mixed up, okay? So I don't want you to think that they're in any specific order. And if you were here, I would get you to shuffle them as well. I'm going to riffle down the deck, and you're just going to say stop wherever you want me to stop, okay? Stop. There, okay. So this is going to be your card, the one we're going to look at here, okay? So what we're going to do, I'm going to look away. I'm going to show you this card, yeah? Got that? Yeah. Okay, I'll put the card into the middle of the deck and I'll hold the deck here so you don't think I'm going to look at it while I'm talking to you, okay? Now, what I want you to do, now, this is, it's quite good because you're quite big on my screen, so this is going to be a bit of mind reading for you, okay? So I want you to think about the card, okay? And first of all, I want you to think about the colour, and I'm going to say both red and black, and I want you to try as best as you can not to give away any signs when I say the colour. So if I said red and you're thinking red, don't smile or anything like that, and when I say black, don't blink or anything like that. It's quite a good poker face, actually, isn't it? So, so red, black, red, black. Okay. I like how stern your face is. It's very, very good. However, there was, and this is it. Sometimes when you look at people, you can pick up a micro movement. So when I said black, it was a tiny twitching eye. So was it a black card? Yes. Okay, that's good. Right. I just want to make sure that I was reading what I was meant to be reading. So, then we've got so black we've got two suits so again try to keep a straight face we've got spades and we've got clubs so we've got spades we've got clubs okay there was a small twitch in your in your jaw 
but you twitched on both suits. So I'm not sure on that one. We'll come back to that one in a minute. Okay. So in the suits, we then have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, Jack Green King. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. So you've got a card in your mind, yeah? So what I want you to do, I want you to keep saying that card in your mind. So keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it. So keep saying eight of spades, eight of spades, eight of spades. Is that your card? Yeah, that is. Wow, that's yeah. wow, wow, that, that's uh, that's really something. Well, Chris, I really appreciate uh, all your time here. My guest is Chris Howitt, and you've been listening to uh, Hello World uh, with Mike Kara. And uh, please uh, catch us again uh, next time. Okay, we got it there. <laughs>